raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome back to the second edition of the Skins Beat here from Redskins Training Camp. Yes, I am Ben Standig, Redskins reporter for The Athletic. Thank you uh, for tuning in again for those of you that are, and I'm really excited to be back here again. We've got a lot to discuss. The Redskins did their thing again today, and uh, we've got some great guests, including the man who's sitting here with me uh, for a little bit. He, You know him from, oh, I mean, a uh, hundred different places, but TNT uh, basketball for, for many years, of course. He's the sideline reporter in your favorite uh NBA video game, and most important, he's also a basketball Hall of Famer, and most importantly for me, for my current situation, he's my boss with the with the athletics. So let's let me not get fired today, Mister David Aldridge. I wear a lot of hats, Ben. You do. You <laughs> do got a, a lot of stuff. You got an American <laughs> University hat on right now. I do. Your alma mater. Rock the alma mater, of course. But by, by the way, before we even get to the Redskins, I may have to leave right now because right before we just got on here, the segment told me that the TB the, the basketball tournament is being held right down the road at VCU, and my alma mater, UMBC, as a team. You got to go. Right? Can I leave now? You is can that... leave right now, and and we'll finish up here. It's, it's not much going on right, right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want to take off, you just let us. No. Right, well, we'll see. I I, th- I think there may be a, a, a buzzer uh, goes off if I do that, and the, the, uh, let security know not to let me leave. But we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to get to what today in the Redskins. I'm going to take advantage of David Aldridge here to talk about all kinds of things, uh, Redskins and probably some NBA as well. And then, of course, we've got two guests. Uh, my friend Evan Silva, formerly of Roto World, now he's out on his own with a, with a site called Establish the Run. And then I had a one-on-one with Redskins linebacker Ryan Anderson, catching up with him. Interesting battle at the outside linebacker situation now that Montez Sweat is in the picture. We get into a lot with Ryan Anderson. Uh, we'll also get into with David the Athletic and everything that's going on on The Athletic. Go check us out, by the way, theathletic.com backslash DC to go check out all our work here from training camp and, of course, Nats, Wizards, Caps, and a lot more. We'll get into all that in just a second. But you, does this feel like deja vu? Because you were, once upon a time, a, a cub reporter, so to speak, covering the Redskins. What would you say, 94 to 96 for the Washington Post? 93 to 96. I had – I. <laughs> My first year was, of course, the year after Gibbs left, so my sense of timing was as impeccable as ever. Um, so they went from Super Bowl two years before to my team, which was 3-13 and 13 under Richie Pettifold. <laughs> so I was the kiss of death on the beat, I suppose. I mean, that was honestly like not to go back to you know, fly, uh, go back in time, but like maybe it's because I was still young at that point, naive, but like the to go from, oh, it'll be fine, Richie Pettibone's coming in exactly. the master of the we defense. We all thought so. I mean, to go from that those heights to the last 25 I mean, years, and it started right then. In game one of that season, they killed Dallas on Monday night. I mean, killed them. And yeah. In fact, Ryan, Brian Mitchell had 100 yards rushing. And we all thought, well, this is, you know, things are going to be fine. They're going to just keep going the way they've been going. And they have good old Bone as the head coach after being the defensive coordinator forever. And everybody loved Richie. And the bottom fell out. It just the team had gotten old and. Uh, they weren't competitive anymore, and Rippon had a not good year, and they wound up cutting them after that season uh, when they fired Richie, and they brought in North Turner. So I did North's first two years with Heath Schuler. So uh, you want to ask me anything about voidable years in a contract? I can tell you all about it because that was my initiation into big-time contracts. And uh, so, uh, yeah, not deja vu, but, uh, you know, you kind of feel like I've seen this movie before. 
<laughs> does it feel? I mean, yeah. Obviously, the world not not just the NFL world, the world at large has changed over the last uh, twenty odd years. So things are different. I mean, was it, what was the you know, here? We're up on this hill. We're overlooking the, the field. You've got uh, corporate tents. You've mm-hmm. got you know uh, people selling food. Whatever it is, lots of fans. What was was this remotely the way it was back then? No, certainly not the corporate tents. The way it was back then was you just hope they would be fra- done in practice so you can go over to the custard place in Carlisle before it closed <laughs> and get your custard. Um, no, there was no corporate anything there. Um, there you know, the, the fans were at the gate. They'd go by the gate, and players would sign autographs and things like that. But other than that, there was, there was no corporate presence at all. Um, and everybody would wind up at the Gingerbread Inn. Uh, gingerbread Man, I think it was called, in Carlisle. And when you say everybody, that includes the players, right? No, actually, not so much the players. Actually, one, I remember Norv, like, guest bartended for something one year and that's brought a, us drinks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it but the coaches would wind up there and a lot of the team officials and things like that and we all hang out hung out there and got something to eat and got a beer and it was it was it was a fun time. It was a different time, but um you know, it's how I was still in my formative years there and learning about football certainly, learning about the NFL and so I they were very invaluable years, even though the three teams I covered were not good at all, Ben. <laughs> not yeah, that 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 was some lean, uh, lean time there. All right, we'll 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 move away from the uh, the memory lane stuff and, and focus on uh, get back to a little bit here. Uh, I, I guess the quarterbacks, right? That's this is the, the the topic of the day. Were you actually? I don't know. Were you in there for the press conference? They brought all three guys in. I saw the end of the end of uh, Case and all of. Uh, the rookie, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. So, so, so it's interesting. Like I wrote today on uh, on the Athletic DC that yesterday, the, I they the Redskins PR they they kind of give each of us the reporters a certain a player mm-hmm. after the morning practice, and they gave me Case Keenum. And my thought was, hold on, this guy might be the Week One starting quarterback, and you're just giving him to me on the side before he's done a presser. Right. This is a weird dynamic yeah. because this is quarterbacks are typically kept at, at arm's length from us the, 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 they know everybody they have days wants. you can only talk to them on a day <laughs> right <laughs> and so it was interesting that they decided to to continue to show that hey could be anybody's job that all three guys went up one after the other yeah. after the other well there was no poor four string guy gets no love what about that <laughs> well, he, he actually there was actually a question about mr woodrum i believe <laughs> in, in in jay's uh in jay's morning presser but uh you know, you've been out here now the last couple of days. Obviously, no, nobody's going to make a, a final calculation of what's going to happen based on mm-hmm. this. But having paid attention to that, this since probably since they drafted Haskins, you, you, what's your sense of like the, the whole dynamic there? Of the the I you know, is he going to start? Is he not? What's your take on where we are I, right I, now? I can't. I obviously am not going to be able to speak to week one starter because I don't know who's making that decision. You know, Doug Williams famously said that everybody's going to have a hand in it. Well, if everybody has a hand in it, then that means there's a very good chance he could start week one because certainly uh, I'm sure Dan Snyder would love to roll out the rookie quarterback in week one or certainly week two, which is the home opener. Um, but he's not ready. You know, I don't think he's ready. I don't think anybody, anybody believes he's ready yet. Certainly right now I, I – no doubt in my mind that Keenum's the guy that's ready to play. And the other factor, which is, I think, again, obvious, is the state of their offensive line is such that I don't know that you want to put your future franchise quarterback behind this offensive line right now. I mean, it's it's a struggle. 
and uh, Gruden this morning, and I was stunned that he said this, but he said it. I'm pretty sure he said I went back and checked um, that they're still trying to figure out who the five starters are. And that's not <laughs> – I don't think that's something you should be finding out in training camp. You should know that already. No, I mean, right now, the, from, the, the, from left tackle through center – they don't have those st- the projected starters out on the field, and even if I don't even know who the projected left starter, left guard would be exactly. anyway. So yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, yesterday after our show, were reports that the that the uh, Redskins brought in uh, Donald Penn, the, right. the veteran offensive tackle, for a visit, and uh, we'll see where that where that goes from an instinct perspective. Do you think that's a sign of a? They're really interested in Donald Penn, and they whenever you can get help, you get help. B, they recognize their offensive line is a is a mess and need help. Or C, is this a bluff to Trent Williams to say, look, if you want to keep holding out, so be it. But we'll just move on, and we think that we've got some other options. I mean, you know, my guess is probably less less C, but you know, I mean, I understand some people feel like it's a Machiavellian kind of deal, but they don't have a. They don't even have a backup left tackle, much less a starting left tackle. No. I mean, they haven't replaced Inseki yet. So to me, I mean, if you want to bring Donald Penn, that's what I asked Gruden this morning. If you're going to, whether it's Donald Penn or somebody else, don't you have to get a veteran tackle in here, even if it's just a backup Trent Williams, in case he gets hurt or in case this holdout lasts longer? Um, and he said he would like to do that. You know, well, obviously it's not all up to him, but. Yeah, I mean, they their problems on the left side of the line are pretty substantial right now. Yeah, that's why I was surprised that, the you know, if the move to add depth was Eric Flowers, a guy who's now famously flopped at left tackle, and we don't know if he could play guard, that that was your plan. That that, that seemed misguided. And yeah, it, it that's feels, not a good plan. It, it feels like they're kind of recognizing <laughs> that now. All right, we've got more Redskins to talk about with uh, David Aldridge, and we'll get into some other uh, topics that you know you, you most associate with him, the NBA, and, of course, as I said, Evan Silva from Establish the Run and Redskins linebacker Ryan Anderson coming up here as well here on the Skins Beat on 99.5 and 102.7. Second segment of the Skins Beat here on 99.5 and 102.7. Ben standing here, Redskins reporter with The Athletic, and I've been with The Athletic now for a month, give or take, and... Uh, I am very much liking uh, the situation. I'm not just saying that because, again, the person sitting next to me, David Aldridge, is uh, my boss. But uh, I'm saying that because I was a subscriber even before uh, I, I came on board, and all aspects of it, the, the, the quality of the writing, the talent on hand, and, and honestly sort of the approach to, to, to sports writing now, to coverage, is is all kinds of appealing, and you can read about my. If you go to my Twitter feed at Ben Standing, my pin tweet is uh, my my explaining why I joined. What more interesting to me right now is David. What is it now? Ten months for you, give or take nine months. Yeah, well, nine I think nine. You, you came yeah. on like right essentially when the Redskins season was starting. Yes, but I didn't actually start till October because I just couldn't start till October. So <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Uh, so and I guess my question is, and one I probably should have asked you before I uh, agreed to come on board is, <laughs> what what have you what have you f- figured out in these in these nine months or so with with the athletic and and why is the athletic? Do you think the way. Uh, something that people should look at if they haven't already uh, jumped on? Well, look, I think, again, if you, you know, for $5 a month, which is literally, a, you know, a iced, a iced coffee at Starbucks, right? I mean, uh, for one less of those per month, you get, I mean, I can't even, the volume of copy, the volume of, pro, of stories that we write every day in The Athletic, 
there's just nobody else. There's no other entity that does what we do. There is not one anywhere that does what we do. We're in 47 markets in the U.S. and Canada, and each one of those markets and cities, we cover all the teams in those cities, and then we have national verticals that cover the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, auto racing, MMA now. It's just, you you can't get it anywhere else. You just can't. I defy someone to show me, ESP from ESPN on down, who does what we do every day? Nobody. So, um, and there's no pop-up ads, there's no quizzes, there's no anything. You click on the athletic, you get the content. Period. We're making a we're making a a bet that for a a strict cash transaction, of five, you know anywhere from five on down because we have a lot of offers every month um, to subscribe that you aren't going to be able to read everything that's on the on the website every day that's on the on the pages every day because there's just so much of it and it's not regurgitation it's not game stories it's not what you know sprained ankles it's not storytelling it's really good storytelling from people that know what they're doing yeah and and just like you said the volume and we, when we were out in las vegas for the nba summer league all the nba all the athletics nba people and college basketball people were gathered in the same room and look again david's in the nba hall of fame and that in and of itself stands out there were so many other people in the room where like they, they aren't getting overshadowed just because david's in the hall of fame the, 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 just for that one sport and mm-hmm. if you go across the whatever it is ken rosenthal in baseball right uh, the, the the beat riders across the board the uh seth davis was the college basketball right. jay glazer on football you know i mean we got so you know people on hockey that, that are ex outstanding nationally known writers i mean just up and down again up and down the board um and then we have you know, great writers in every market. I mean, I, I love our staff in D.C. I just think we're, you know, we've got an incredibly talented group of people um, that churn out great copy. And again, it's not every day because we don't want people writing every day. That's the whole point. We want people to take their time and find the good stories and then deliver it to us. We've got so many folks on staff. We don't need somebody to write every day like other media seem to do <laughs> absolutely now uh, the wizards uh, again the, the, lo- the local nba team they've been kind of busy this off season even bit. they they also took their time uh that they weren't they weren't uh they, they weren't figuring out this general manager situation uh for a minute they just finally resolved it monday right mm-hmm. it's it's it's, it's announced it Monday, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. Announced Monday, and uh, you were part of that. For our Fred Katz, our main Wizards writer, mm-hmm. was involved. I was helping with that as well. And I guess let's, let me ask you this to take advantage of your NBA insight. The Wizards, they didn't just name Tommy Shepard the general manager. They add, they announced a whole array of, of signings. Former John, Georgetown coach John Thompson III mm-hmm. is part of it. He's, he's got a, I wrote about his role on the athletic, and I honestly still don't quite fully Nobody understand what it is, and I think that's <laughs> on purpose. Uh, the Wizards front office structure, obviously we won't know for sure until it, until it unfolds, but mm-hmm. do you think this is some sort of a revolutionary situation that they they came up with, however they came up with, or is it more, hey, we have to come – more of a bandage situation that they're coming off a, a, the Ernie Grunfeld era, a bad year, things don't look so mm-hmm. hot going next year. Is this more of a – almost a, maybe of a, something of a PR uh, way? W- 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 how do you see it? Well, I think it, it first and foremost, it's, revolu- it's not revolutionary unless you count things that people have been doing for the last 10 years in the NBA. <laughs> um, you know, most teams have multiple people – in basketball operations, making 
uh, decisions and, and having input in the draft and talking about free agency. I mean, to act like this just started happening like a year and a half ago is not the way it's been. I mean, that's just not how things are done in the NBA these days. And and so from that standpoint, if you're if you're celebrating the fact that the Wizards have caught up with the rest of the NBA, at least in that standpoint, at least from that standpoint, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know that this is going to work. I mean, to your point, I don't know what the job descriptions are of these various people that they've brought in, other than Daniel Medina, who clearly is going to have, you know, I think a substantial say on the medical side uh, in, in terms of the holistic person and all of those things and trying to engage the players uh, in a different manner um, than just, hey, we have to do something when they get hurt. Okay, that's fine to bring in somebody that thinks differently about these things, but but that doesn't change the fact that they are a talent-stripped team right now. Uh, they have one all-star player in Bradley Beal who was offered a contract extension today for $111 million and said, yeah, wait. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're just not, it's not a, it, you know, I, I, I do like the fact that they are not doing what they have done the last 15 years and they're trying something different. So fairness dictates that we give them a chance to see if this if this arrangement works. Um, it, it still comes down to, acquiring players and retaining the ones that you want at the right price. That's that's hasn't changed in 30 years of covering the NBA is you got to get the right guys and you got to pay them the right amount of money. You can have the right guys and pay them too much or you can have the right guys and not pay them enough and they leave. So you've got to know exactly what to pay them. Um, and so if there's more smart people in the room, that's fine. That's a good thing, I think. But um, they still are a long ways away. Um, I'm not going to – I'll move away off the Wizards in our, for our limited time because I know people, I'm sure, have other uh, questions. And, and, again, go check out what we've been doing on The Athletic. There's tons of stuff up there about the Wizards. and There will be more to come, and I'm sure David's got more thoughts that will be coming up regarding uh, Bradley Beal. Uh, broadly, though, with the league, insane offseason. Mm. I mean, just unbelievably bonkers. I don't even know where to begin, but just let me just go to the Lakers since it always seems to be relevant. Obviously, it's a, when you get Anthony Davis, that's a really good offseason, yes. but they went all in on getting Kawhi Leonard. Didn't They had to scramble at the end. Do you? I mean, look, obviously I think people view it as the Clippers and the Lakers seem to be the favorites out west, but do you think that – I always look at it when you get to the playoffs, what's the seven or eight guys that you have? Do the Lakers – it's a long way to go. We'll see if LeBron, where LeBron's at physically, mm-hmm. all that. Do the Lakers, did you like the way that the Lakers ended up with how they scrambled to get enough pieces? Or, well, anyway. Certainly, certainly compared to last summer where they, where they got LeBron and then they just started throwing darts at a board and came up with, you know, somehow in a league where three-point shooting is everything, they managed to sign five or six guys who can't shoot which is just impossible. How, do, how could you do that in this day and age? At least this offseason, they got Danny Green, who's a legit shooter, you know, um, to compliment. And they got Anthony Davis. I mean, people seem to have conveniently walked away from the fact that Anthony Davis is top ten player in this league. And they got him. I don't care how they got him. They got him. That's the only thing that matters. So um, you, can, you can build around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, I think Cousins is a sneaky good pickup for them because they're not a team that runs. They're not going to be a up-and-down team. I think you're going to get the healthiest version of DeMarcus Cousins going forward that, that he has left in his career. I think he'll be much healthier this year coming up than he was last season in Golden State. 
Um, so, again, I think they had a pretty good offseason. Now, the Clippers had a better offseason, but I do like the offseason that the, that the Lakers had. I think they're much more, they'll be much better, much more competitive, certainly a playoff team, and a team that, you know, for the first time in the last five years, you can say honestly, there are five or six teams that can win this thing going forward. To, to, to with the last question, to sort of broaden this out. So Anthony Davis is now on the Lakers. We know Kevin Durant, he, he left Golden State to go to the Nets. Kawhi Leonard wins the title with Toronto, mm-hmm. goes to the Clippers. And those are just a handful, a very small amount of these player, player movement this offseason. I mean, insane. You really do need the, uh, a, score, a scoreboard or a score sheet to look and know yeah. who's on what team. It's so fun, but ultimately, is it? I feel like maybe we've almost reached a tipping point mm-hmm. from as a, as a consumers that it almost maybe we're getting it's going too much. If you continue to have movement like this, but as somebody who's been covering this for a while, where are you on the level of movement? Eh, I don't mind that so much. I mean, this was a, an unusually you know potent free agent class. I think that's the first thing you don't you have the finals MVP just suddenly become available the next you know, two weeks after he won the finals. Um, that doesn't usually happen. So um, you had an, you had a very, very significant free agent class. You had, a, again, a top 10 player in Anthony Davis who was engineering his way out of New Orleans and wanted to get traded to one team. And so you had all that drama going on. I don't mind this whole notion. I mean, there's some people that seem to have a problem with all this movement because it's player-driven. Um you had plenty of player movement in the 80s. It's just the teams were doing it. The teams were trading for people. The teams were cutting people. The teams were signing people. Um, and now it's the players just saying, I want to play here, and I want to play with this guy or these two guys, whatever. So I don't have a problem with that. I think it, it, it heightens interest in the league. The NBA is an 11-and-a-half-month-out-of-the-year sport now, other than a brief shutdown in August when everybody tries to cram in vacation. Uh, people talk about the league all the time now. It's going to be even more so now that – the perceived super team in Golden State is, is is no longer there, and the talent is more spread around. So, no, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think it would be difficult to be a fan because it, the difficulty in being a fan is that you don't know how long you're going to have this window. It used to be five year windows. That's so long gone. Now it's two. Basically right. two years. You got two years to win this thing, and if you don't win it in two years, you're going to have to probably blow up your team, um, which is not what you want. If you're a fan who wants to be have an association with your favorite team over a lifetime, like all of us did when we were growing up, um, that's a little unsettling. But that's why I think again, teams have gone to bring in smart people who can kind of figure out the lay of the land, and so not you're not trying to decide. A week before somebody's a free agent, you already know a year before if you're going to get them or not. That's what you have to do. To get Kawhi Leonard, you have to do what the Clippers did, which is know exactly, have a plan two years in advance, execute the plan to perfection, take the fine, who cares, it's 50, that's a tip for Steve Ballmer, and you get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's what you have to do. And then even with all that, and they were lauded for all that, those guys only signed contracts for basically two years. Two years so yeah, two years. Even after all that, they mortgaged everything. Yeah. They better figure this out exactly. immediately. Exactly. David, appreciate it. Sure. Uh, uh, the Redskins will be out here soon. You'll be out watching it with me. Uh, and, of course, everybody go check. Again, do I have to explain? Go read David Aldridge on, on The Athletic. This yep. isn't that complicated. You can, also, of course, follow him on Twitter, at David Aldridge DC, and it's at theathletic.com, and we are specifically backslash DC David, appreciate it, man. My pleasure, Ben. Thanks.